to Mind the Artist. I am your host, Anne Dorco, and my mission is to combat anxiety with chaotic good through the Dorco TV community. This podcast gives you insights into the minds and stories of original songwriters while providing those creators a space to share what's important to them and talk about one of their published tracks. Today, we're bringing on Mary Amber. She's a nutball musician from Sydney. She writes songs that fall into storytelling, comedy, social commentary, and filk. She has songs inspired by everything from Doctor Who, ninjas and zombies, to cats, food and robots, taking over the world, and she has the most exquisite novelty hack collection. Mary Amber, welcome to Mind the Artist. Thank you for joining the show today. We're going to start out with a rapid mini-interview. Starts off the listeners with some fun facts about who you are. Are you ready? Yes, I am. Favorite nickname for yourself? Master of Doom. It's about time people addressed me properly. All right, Master of Doom, what is the last song you listened to that's not one of your own? Prior to doing this interview, I was actually practicing flute, and I was practicing the Teleman Fantasies, which is like a classical piece, but it's not my usual listening, but yeah, that's what I was listening to. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite color? Yellow. Are you tea, coffee, or other comfort drink kind of person? Definitely a tea drinker. What, what's your favorite tea? My favorite tea ever is silver needle tea, which is like this type of white tea that's got this really nice subtle flavor to it. I've got a bit of a caffeine sensitivity, so in general I can't drink too many of the really heavy black teas, but the black teas can be so nice, so... Some of the flavoured black teas are like a bit of an indulgence as well. Are you a morning or a night person? Probably a night person. And what is your dream music collaboration? This one's, this one's really tough. There, there are so many people I'd love to collaborate with. So, you know, just ideal circumstances. My band is made up of um, Weird Al, Tripod, Tim Minchin, Jonathan Coulton. Greg Wells is the producer. He's produced like albums like Mika's album. I've always loved his work wrote to him he didn't respond to me what what can you do I was like 12 at the time so I guess I kind of understand um (laughs) I know Sean Pan will do the set design for the show but yes there's lots and lots of people I would love to collaborate with and not just within the realm of well-known artists how would you describe yourself in three words doom cheesecake uh guitar or maybe hats bit of a toss-up there and what's something you're really proud of yourself for my hat collection is the thing that I'm really proud of because I have the most dope hat collection there's so many novelty hats I think I may have one of the biggest hat collections of novelty hats in the world you know outside of stores that sell hats you know just (laughs) unhealthy hoarding habits I'm I'm allowed to be proud of those and then finally who is your biggest motivator or personal influence Probably my husband, Patrick. I, I, I love my husband to pieces. He's a crazy invent man and he's a nut bubble. He has the world's most luxurious hair and he's, he's just such a big supporter of what I do. And he's there during the ups, he's there during the downs. Whenever I have crazy ideas, he gently nudges me to try and, you know, think them through a little bit and he supports me no matter what I do so I'm very very lucky there also my family I should also mention my family my mom is a massive supporter of what I do as well and that's that's a big deal because not all parents support a road as crazy as the one I've taken. I love that. I think it's really great that you have such strong, uh, close relationships in your life that are supportive of your work because especially when you're out doing something so creative and off the cuff and like 
paving your own road. It's really hard to do that if you don't have uh, emotional and moral support behind you. Those are your rapid fire interview questions. You can take a little more time with the, <laughs> the next questions. Just for some background for people who don't know you, if you could just explain a little bit about the kind of music that you write. I hate the question, what's your genre? But, you know, we're in music. So a little bit about how you consider your genre to be what you might describe that as. So just to give people a little bit of an insight to what they're getting into by listening to your stuff. What I do, mostly nutball songs inspired by everything from Doctor Who to ninjas, zombies, robots taking over the world, a lot of social commentary, a lot of doom. And it's often more (laughs) funny and I guess trying to be clever sort of stuff. I think it's quite unique what you're doing. And I think that's, it's a different kind of craft beyond just regular songwriting. So I think that's really cool. Oh, thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. As far as like getting into the music and the process and the journey that you've had to get where you are writing these kinds of songs along the way, what's maybe the best piece of advice that you've ever gotten about making music or making a career with music entertainment that kind of reinforced your direction with this? In general, you really have to be, and this is going to sound very lame, but it, it will eventually end up being the biggest piece of advice I got and the biggest piece of advice I can give. Uh, you have to be true to yourself and who you are and what you create. I tried very hard to become more like a mainstream artist um, for very, very long periods of time. I tried to please certain audiences and deliver certain things for certain people. Mm-hmm. And every time I did that, I suffered. But the, the thing is that it's it's not really my choice to make as an artist Mm -hmm. and a creator I'm trying to express myself and to do that in a way that's fulfilling and to do it in a way that feels true to myself I happen to have to (laughs) do music in this particular style and that's how it naturally falls out of me to try and do something else is more artificial and really that's the best piece of advice I've gotten and ignored Mm. and now the best (laughs) piece of advice that I can actually offer to anyone else is it's it's going to be so tempting and it really really is so so tempting to change who you are uh, because it seems a lot easier on a lot of paths and sometimes the path that you're destined for does not seem easy you really got to think about it deeply as in whether that's going to fulfill you artistically or not because First of all, if it's if it's not going to work with who you are um, and not fulfill you artistically, you're actually not going to do a very good job of it. You're better off working on what comes to you as your gift and your passion and mm-hmm. what really represents who you are to the world than trying to change that and fit in with ideas of what would be easier or more marketable or what someone else would prefer. Yeah, definitely. I really think that this advice applies to a lot of elements of life. But the hard part, I think, for a lot of people is they're not really sure who they are or what brings them fulfillment. So I, I, I wonder, like, do, you, do you think that you have a really strong sense of self to begin with? Or has this been a journey to kind of identify what it is that brings you fulfillment? I, I, th- I feel like in a lot of ways, I've, worked, I've walked a bit of a circular path. <laughs> like, I think I was... I was a lot more sure of who I was, ironically, when I was younger, when I was in my teenage years. In, in school, I was I was a bit of a super nerd and I gave up on becoming popular or anything like that, pleasing anyone pretty early on. And right. I, I feel like after that point, trying to make a career out of music, um, I adjusted that because I thought, oh, this would work better. This person in the industry told me to do this this audience wants more of this, the stats show this, 
you know, the, the algorithm wants this and then I would try and change who I am. And then eventually I came back to it. And right. so I got through <laughs> all sorts of things. Like I went to law school, I, I did cover gigs for a living. I did all sorts wow. of different things. And eventually I think I've just come back to that same place. And now again, I'm like, I'm just going to create what I think is my best output and I'm going to try and make it as good as possible and I'm just not going to try and, you know, conform to any of these preconceived ideals of what will be successful or what will be an easier path or what will please an audience. Clearly, your your inspiration comes from a bit of I want, I, geek culture or pop culture, what's happening in the world. Is there anything that has a tendency to strike your strike your fancy or really spark inspiration that helps you come up with new songs? Oh, it's it's such a massive pool of things. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, th- I feel like in a lot of ways as songwriters, we write, and this is a very boring answer, but we write about our experiences, our interactions, mm-hmm. our memories, and kind of what's going on in our lives. So if I happen to get really involved in Doctor Who by watching stupendous amounts <laughs> of it, I I actually turn around and write a song inspired by Doctor Who. And I I feel like it does does really just depend what I'm looking at at the time. I I do try in general to keep somewhat on top of what's going on in events and things. For example, Daryl's Demonic Dalton is a song I released (laughs) the music video for today and that's inspired by environmental issues and waste management. Go Fund My Pickles was a song that was inspired by a particular footballer who started a GoFundMe campaign because he was fired from his football league for posting about how various people are going to hell, that sort of thing. So I, I do I do look at what's going on, but not everything will inspire a song some things yeah. will, some things won't. And then there's things just in day-to-day life. Like um, I, I recently wrote a song, um, which is One Big Long Maths Question, and that was inspired <laughs> by speaking to one of my newly acquired relatives. They were speaking about studying maths. That inspired me to do that. So it's, it's really kind of just what's going on in life as well as just what I see. I, I mean, I asked this question, even though for me, I, I think I kind of knew what the answer would be because uh, I think a lot of times we want to make things more complicated than they are. And maybe I write about what I know is not a sexy answer, but I think that there's a lot, <laughs> I think there's a lot of power in that. And I think anyone out there who's interested in writing a song, but hasn't gotten to it or isn't sure where to start. I mean, it comes from your experiences. It comes from your perspective. And for me, that the process of songwriting is a big journey of processing those things. Um, yeah. So I don't, I would imagine that's similar for you. I know it may seem silly. Like I might, the song <laughs> might seem like comedic or silly, but weirdly that is kind of my way of processing the world. So it's still, yes. Yeah, I mean, humor is, humor is a great way to process things in my opinion. And I think that it's really cool that you not only process it through humor, but you process it through song. And those are just two very shareable fields to help uh, communicate your feelings and your perspective with the world. So I think that's really awesome. (laughs) Yay. So that also then moves us right on to talking about baby, baby, but so sexy. (laughs) It's just a really hard title to say with a straight face. (laughs) Baby, baby, but so sexy is, um, it's something. It is something. (laughs) 
What? So just talking about inspiration, where, where did you get this idea? So you talked a little bit about a couple other song ideas you had. What made Baby Baby But So Sexy happen? So Baby Baby But So Sexy, uh, that came about a little while ago. I stream quite a lot on Twitch. So I perform my crazy songs on Twitch. And there's another streamer on Twitch called Lemonagogo, who I'm friends with through Twitch. And um, Lemon is phenomenal, by the way. Absolutely yes. amazing human, like singer, performer, human being, very, very hard worker. But, you know, uh, she tweeted on her Twitter about basically modern pop music and how she wouldn't release a song until it's been, you know, properly well thought out. She'd rather be a cover artist than release uh, undercooked mm. songs. And she recently listened to a whole lot of pop songs and was not particularly impressed with um, pop music. So I, I, I saw this tweet and I responded, being the smart Alec I am, with, <laughs> but my hit single, Baby, Baby, But So Sexy, Torn on the Inside, Love Forever, Dance Money, Money Took Me Years to Perfect. I saw these tweets. <laughs> yeah, they, they were a fun moment. And then Black Tech responded with, you should actually write that song. So you did. I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I and it's, that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's kind of how the song was born. That's amazing. I didn't realize that I had watched a, the birth of a song. Like, <laughs> I think most people didn't. I saw this conversation, but I didn't connect it. Like, it was it was a little, it was a little while back, wasn't it? Yeah, this was last year. Well, I'm glad you were able to bring it to life because it's it's pretty fantastic. There's quite a few gems in the lyrics, such as yeah. the lyrics here. They make no sense. They are of little consequence, which I really think comes back to the social commentary aspect of what you do. Yeah, I think my favorite line is. You're clothed yet again. You're clothed. Can, can, <laughs> can you imagine someone coming up to you and saying that? <laughs> I mean, it's technically true. Oh, hello, Anne. You're clothed yet again. <laughs> it's just so unnatural. Mm. Obviously, this came from this conversation with Lumina Gogo. How did you decide to have this fully baked, half baked song? How did you figure out where you wanted these lyrics to be and draw the line to really highlight this commentary that you've made here? It was interesting because I guess the whole concept of it was to have a song of zero substance. There's no melody. Almost the entire thing is spoken. Yeah. And there's a bit of auto tune, which I think is hilarious because, again, there's nothing to tune. So it just makes the, <laughs> the voice sound very strange for a short period of time. I tried to make it with no melody, no harmony. So the harmony is kind of like two notes, nah, 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 nah. one mm. part, there's a couple of extra notes, but it's, it, there's no tonal center really. So it's just chromatically moving between these two notes. So if you're a musician, you'll know that that's kind of, uh, you know, indecisive. There's no like actual diatonics being outlined or anything. So musically, it's, it's pretty, pretty low level. <laughs> It's not a particularly interesting piece. Production-wise, there's a lot of layers that went into it. I was going to say, it, so. you produced this yourself, didn't you? Yes, yes. It's so, pretty excellent work. <laughs> the, but the production required a lot more work because it's kind of hard to make a song sound like a song if there's nothing there. So <laughs> there was, there's a lot of layers, and I did a lot of intermingled layers of different patterns so riffs or licks. And I did this because if there's lots of different intermingled ones, if you listen closely, you see the melody, melody, if you can call it that, but like the main musical elements skip between the different instruments constantly so there's no through line. And that required right. me having lots of different parts and having them all mixed together 
um, in a fashion where it doesn't sound like a mess, which is harder than you think. But at the same time, it, it does a lot of freedom there because I really could hit any note and almost any note sounded fine. <laughs> When you're not working with a melody, does it really matter what notes you're using? (laughs) Uh, But then at the same time, the the lyrics also were intended to be of no substance. I could have really, I could have sung anything there. I could have been like, I walk down my hallway. I sit on the couch. I drink from my cup. It hurts. Oh, yes. Ouch. Like, I mean, like, it really could have been anything. there's, There's no need for any lyrics. Anything would have worked. But uh, because I wanted it to be social commentary and I wanted to be commenting on the state of pop music and dance music and that Mm -hmm. world, I tried to include um, a lot of references and nods to tropes within that world. Uh, There's aesthetic elements like glitter boys and arts and crafts, take a shot of tequila, money in my bath. All of that is like, (laughs) I mean, that's stupendously common tropes in current pop right. music. Glitter, you know, talking about the boys, you know. Yes. <laughs> any, any form of alcohol uh, or, you know, money in a bathtub or just money in general. And then the the main chorus, baby, baby, but so sexy, torn on the inside, love forever, dance, money, money. I'm doing it in this accent because that's DJ Ambrose accent. Yes. But, um, <laughs> you know, that was that was highlighting the different genres of song, which is you know torn on the inside, you know breakup songs, love right. forever, love songs, dance, yep. you know meaningless dancing songs, and money, money. Mm-hmm. I think that's a more modern concept of a song because nowadays we get a lot of popular songs that are all about how how wealthy someone is, how much money they have, how rich they are. Which is, I find that particularly strange that that's very popular, but it is. But I mean, I love a song such as Baby Baby But So Sexy, which has no substance in its lyrics, still has substance as a commentary. And I think that's what's really cool about the music you do, because even if the song itself is designed to have no substance, the existence of the song itself is the substance. I mean, like, I, I tend to say that I've got three categories of songwriting. I like to do storytelling. Often there's like a setup, you know, complication, some sort of resolution. It's literally a story. There's ideas, which is like literally working with an idea, like Go Fund My Pickles is an idea mm. song. The idea of having a GoFundMe where I'm trying to raise money for pickles, that's that's an idea. And then I just expand on that idea. And then there's what I call concept songs. And concept songs are entirely about the concept. Right. So, for example, Baby Baby But So Sexy is a concept song. IXOXU, which is a song entirely written out of emojis and text talk, is a concept song. I think that's really cool that you have these three categories. Well, I mean, it's a bit it's a bit different to traditional music because there's different goals you want with music. And I'm I'm often trying to be clever and getting people to think and laugh and be surprised and amazed, almost like a magician. I'm really happy that you said all of that because I think that's going to be really helpful to anyone else who's trying to figure out what they're doing with their music. Like for mm-hmm. me, when I first started writing music, it was really just me processing my problems and that was helpful for me. And then I, I sang them for small groups of people and they were like, wow, that was that was like, it touched them. It helped them think about something in a different way. It gave them the words and the strength that they needed. And I was like, well, if it helps other people at a small scale, maybe it helps people at a bigger scale. So for me, when I'm writing... You know, I have these other types of goals. Like you're saying, it's not like having these goals isn't necessarily what's unique. It's, I think what 
is unique. It's knowing what those goals are and speaking to them when you actually go to write or share a song. Therapeutic songwriting. I think that in general, in and of itself, is a good reason to go and write a song. Like, I mean, you don't, you don't even need the goal of a final result for an audience. Oh, I think sure, the, yeah. best way, <laughs> the best way to process life is, in my personal opinion, through art. It doesn't matter whether your art form is music or if it's poetry or if it's drawing or if it's dancing or if it's film or if it's story writing. Like, I mean, there's there's so many different forms of creativity and everyone's got their leaning, but I feel like there's so many unhealthy ways to process. And art is the healthiest in my mind because not only are you dealing with the emotions, but you're choosing to understand them and work mm-hmm. through them rather than find a distraction. And I think that that in and of itself is super, super powerful and may even be the purpose of art in general. Couldn't agree more. Just a couple of wrap-up questions. First of all, you do so much more than songwriting. What are all the other avenues that you take your music and you do other content creation either related to or with it, like your music videos? I do live streams on Twitch. I put a lot into those live streams. I do three streams a week, one of which is live songwriting. I would would love if you could check out the live streams. I also have a YouTube channel, which I am getting to updating quite frequently. And that's not just music videos. I do vlogs. Um, I do more casual music videos where I play acoustic sets, but I also do scripted videos with various characters like uh, DJ Umber or who's in Baby Baby But So <laughs> Sexy. There's Mary from Yamba, who's more shy character, who's black and white historical person who hates everybody. And then there's, you know, Mary of the Darkness, who, who basically is just woe and misery of all times. And um, there's, there's lots of different characters on there as well. So they make appearances on my Twitch streams too. I'm going to be getting more active on Instagram as well. I, I kind of have three main avenues where people can support what I do. Through Twitch, you can subscribe to my channel. If you subscribe, right now there are 73 song downloads that you get, but that's always growing. So there's a lot of perks and you get, you know, emotes. You get to choose my set list once a week, that sort of thing. Um, then I also have a Patreon, which is basically Ninja Club. And I update that probably every second day I give perks to Ninja Club members. And that, that's everything from like video previews from videos that are going up on YouTube. They get credits at the end of my videos. They get song downloads every month. There's also IRL things. They get postcards sent to them with custom art. There's that. And then there's the third avenue, which is basically you can purchase or listen to my music. Um, on my website, on Google Play, Apple Music, Spotify, all of those various outlets. And if it's kind of hard to keep track of everything I do, I understand because, you know, three streams a week, three or four (laughs) videos on YouTube a week, plus the various other side projects, my Impossible Thing in a Week challenges, uh, one of which where I made a 100-page graphic novel in a week, one of which where I learned viola and made a one-hour concert in a week. I mean, there's just, there's a lot going on in the Mary <laughs> sphere. If it's getting a bit all too much, I do understand. I have a mailing list. The newsletter goes out maybe once every month and a half, and it just summarizes everything I've released and mm-hmm. gives you a link to watch it. So, for example, it would have the 
baby, baby, but so sexy music video, the Daryl the Demonic music video, but also all the latest scripts and all the latest documentaries and everything. And there's just a link there. And if there's something you're interested in, in that newsletter, you can click and watch it. So it's a bit easier to keep track of. There's also the Discord as well. The Discord, I post up things and just chat with people. So if you want to like chat with me, the best way of doing it is on Twitch while I'm streaming live. But the second best option is probably on Discord. And I'll be Um, including links to everything Mary just mentioned in the description of this episode. And then just to really round everything out, what is your current biggest fear or challenge about everything that you're working on and where you want to be? And what's your current strategy to, to deal with those things going forward? I think my biggest fear is time management. I have a lot of things going on at once and I've recently been trying to cut down just because I found that I was working pretty much nonstop. And it's not really that I was burning out, but I was working nonstop and I still had a whole lot of things I wasn't fitting in that I wanted to do. (laughs) And some of those things were the things I am most passionate about and I didn't have time to do my practices Like I'm literally, I use my pet robot to set the timer for me. And I do like 20 minute practice sessions and I can't even get through a 20 minute practice session on each instrument in a day because I'm too busy. And then my top priority thing that I love more than anything in the world is songwriting. And I was finding I wasn't having much time to do songwriting either. So I've been trying to change up the schedule so I can add in more practices, more songwriting and honestly just breaks. As yeah, well. breaks are so important. Time management's a bit scary for me because even though I've changed up the schedule and I'm trying all these new processes, already certain things haven't worked out and I'm like, what do I do? And <laughs> that's, um, I, I, I tried my new schedule and on Monday with the new schedule, after I finished my stream, I was meant to record the vlogs and then I was meant to jump on the bus and go to the city and I didn't get the vlogs done in time and I missed my bus, things oh, like no. that. I mean, like that doesn't, it doesn't seem like a big deal. It's like a, it's not the end of the world. You're not missing a kidney or something. But in terms of me trying to organize my life, I I was hoping that I had it more under control and I still feel like it's a little out of my hands. So hopefully I'll be able to figure that out soon. With content creation, that's almost never ending in the sense that you're always like when you're a content creator, you want to keep creating content. But, you know, I think it's also good to just have ideas of direction. Where are you headed right now? Are there any big changes you're working on other than time management as far as like (laughs) your content and where you want to be? What does that look like for you? I do have a secret project that I've been wanting to work on for a very long time, but haven't had the time to. And now I feel like maybe I can get back into it. So I really want to do that secret project, but I don't want to say what it is because I'm very bad at keeping secrets and I kind of (laughs) want to be able to keep just this one. Um, Fair (laughs) enough. (laughs) But uh, yeah, otherwise, really, honestly, right now, uh, I just want to get all the new songs written and out for Ninja Club, get all the streams to be as good quality as I possibly can and to fit in Mm -hmm. enough time that I can practice my instruments and improve the quality of everything that I'm doing already Yeah, it's not a very glamorous goal, but it really will make a massive, massive difference to the final, I guess, experience for those who are following what I do. They'll get better songs, they'll get better streams, they'll get better videos, and they'll get a better Mary. Right. I mean, it sounds a lot like balance is the goal right now, to just find a way to make all of these fit together without being an unhealthy lifestyle for you. In general, it's not even 
doing too much. It's doing too much of the wrong things. Yes, I'm not saying exactly. that what I'm doing is like wrong. Like none of what I was doing was wrong. Doing five streams a week, which is what I was doing, wasn't technically wrong. Like those two streams mm-hmm. that I've discontinued, they weren't wrong. It's just I didn't have enough time to do the other things. So I had to reassess priorities and try and put it together in a way where um, I can still give people the best output I can. Do you have any final words or thoughts before we wrap up? Yes, I do. Uh, listen carefully, take notes, guys. The final words of this particular podcast episode, very important. Smack it like it stole your fork. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming on the show. <laughs> thank you for having me. You're clothed yet again, but naked in my head, banana in my hand, organic for the planet. Yeah. I look behind my shoulder, then I look forward, check out my cooking folder. I like my men older, the lyrics here don't make no sense, they are of little consequence. So let me go repeating them again, check out my awesome shirts, all this money in my bath. I'm nursing all the paper carts, glitter boys and arts and crafts, take a shot of tequila, cause Baby, baby, but so sexy. Torn on the inside, love for our but dance morning, morning. Dance morning, morning. Baby, baby, but so sexy. Torn on the inside, love for our dance morning, morning. So you have just listened to Mary Amber's Baby Baby But So Sexy, or at least a portion of it. You can go learn more and listen to the full thing at Mary Amber's YouTube. Please visit her website at maryamber.com. Subscribe to that email newsletter. Follow her on Twitch. I just really encourage you to get into what Mary Amber is doing. It's a lot of fun, and it really does make you think. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mind the Artist. You can always subscribe to the podcast with your email address at mindtheartist.com. And if you're interested in learning more about the different types of projects that I do, be sure to visit dorko.tv. Oh.